On today's episode, the astronomical findings of Zora's Subscription Economy Index are finally released. We're also talking subscription sports with a pricing expert and highlighting a former Netflix culture building badass. Can you guess who? From ProfitWells Boston HQ, it is Monday, October 7th. I'm Abby Sullivan. And I'm Grace Gagnon. It's a beautiful day to subscribe. Up first, what's going on in the subscription world, Abby? Well, our neighbors at Buildium are awarded Best Perks and Benefits by Comparably's Best Places to Work Awards. Airbnb partners with World Animal Protection to launch 1,000-plus ethical animal-centered travel experiences. And WeWork, sadly yet inevitably, announces major layoffs. And Scott Galloway has a fresh take on when malfeasance becomes downright fraud. And Grace, there's a new subscription model catering to sports fans, I hear. Yeah, the Cleveland Cavaliers introduce a subscription model for fans, the Cavs' monthly pass. With the Cavaliers facing another rebuilding season, it looks like the team's considering new ways to entice sportsgoers, now offering a ticket subscription plan with unlimited games for a monthly price. The idea behind it was to get creative and provide fans another multi-game option to get in the doors for each Cavs home game this season and to see the new Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse and everything it has to offer. That's from Eric Klaus, Cleveland. Cavalier Senior Vice President of Sales and Service. Now, Abby, you actually sat down with pricing and sports watching expert John Mangini about this one. Sure did. John is known around here for his obsession with not only sports, but also subscription service and his uber dedication to MoviePass. So I saw the uh, first official subscription NBA style. We're going to say MoviePass because we know that's the model they're using. But again, it's the first one I've seen where an actual NBA team is saying for $89 a month, you get access to unlimited games. And again, it's gonna be one of those where you're gonna to have to book a tick the day before and you might not get the best seat, but you're guaranteed a seat. And what's even more fascinating, there's no blackout dates, right? So if LeBron James and the Lakers are coming to town in Cleveland, you can still go see that game with this pass. Getting to see LeBron and other big stars for this price, it seems too good to be true. Now we saw movie pass flop, but Abby John seems to think the Cavs monthly pass will be different. Yeah, he thinks this will be a plus for markets that struggle to get butts in seats. I mean, in Boston, this wouldn't be an issue, but a team like the Cavs may need that boost in fan engagement. The Cavs are going to be not that good this year. I mean, I'm sure their fans are going to enjoy watching them, but they're not going to be that good. So they're going to struggle to get people there, get those younger kids, get those families going to the game. So if you can start getting engagement with those fans more, I think it's going to be a really good situation for the long term and the whole season. Also, they're going to still come in and spend a lot of money, right? They still own the arena, so they're going to make a lot of money. But how can the Cavs take the subscription model even further. They should go pure freemium. We're talking about let people into the upper nosebleeds for free. Families in for free. Get those kids in the seats. They're going to make their parents buy their Cracker Jacks, the popcorn and the sodas and stuff. The dads will get the beers. But ultimately, get them in the seats and start getting that Danny John, thanks for the input. I'm sending it back to Abby to talk about the latest findings from Zora. Zora, the friends we know with the leading cloud-based subscription management platform provider, released the latest edition of its biannual subscription economy index, also known as the SEI, and the findings were astronomical. For the first time since its inception in 2012, the SEI analyzed the impact of subscription businesses by sector, comparing subscription businesses in SaaS, IoT, manufacturing, publishing, media, 
telecommunications, and business services to their respective S&P 500 industry benchmarks. Over the past seven and a half years, the subscription economy, a term coined by Zora, has absolutely boomed, growing more than 350% as consumers increasingly demand access to convenient digital services over the ownership of physical products. It's not to say we're surprised here in any regard, but seeing the numbers gets our subscription nerd selves pretty amped. Some noteworthy findings from the report. First finding business services and manufacturing industries experienced the lowest churn rates across all sectors, with 16.2% and 20.4% churn rates, respectively. However, media and publishing industries saw the highest amount of churn. Dr. Gold, chief data scientist at Zora, adds, lower churn could be attributed to the sticky nature of B2B subscriptions, which serve mission-critical functions and tend to be deeply embedded within a business operations. Second, launching and monetizing new services drive greater individual account growth. From Dr. Gold, add-on and upsell opportunities inherent in digital services and connected hardware support high ARPA growth rates. And last to know, incorporating usage-based pricing facilitates lower churn and higher overall subscription growth. Companies and industries like publishing that do not adopt usage billing generally have higher churn than companies like those in SaaS or business services that do. This suggests that the balance and flexibility of usage-based pricing plays a useful role in customer engagement and retention. Gold highlights. Okay, nerd rant over, but you have to admit pretty telling stats. The data doesn't lie. Subscription is here to stay. And that's it for your subscription news for October 7th. Here's a quick look into our show, Overrated, Underrated. Overrated or underrated? It's underrated. Overrated. Underrated. Overrated. Underrated. Overrated. Underrated. Overrated. Tomorrow on Overrated, Underrated, we discuss... How do you guys feel about company equity? Hmm. 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 That's interesting. Find this and more like it on RecurNow.com. Today's subscription sapien is Patty McCord, a people professional who went from bopping around border towns to the streaming giant Netflix, where she created a sort of Bible for culture that has helped some of the biggest names in the Bay Area. Here is why she thinks traditional culture is broken and why you need a different outlook, too. Before her days in the subscription space of Silicon Valley, Patty began her career somewhere that might surprise you. Her first job was in a lumberyard, just out of high school, in an aim at making her dad proud, a figure who served as a defining factor in her becoming an influential, as one of the first real leaders she knew. Let's hear directly from Patty how her father's influence inspired her to reach C-suite level figurehead status. Listen into this clip from the Protect the Hustle episode featuring Patty McCord. You started your career in a lumberyard? Right out of high school. And I lived up in Oregon. I didn't have any work to do one winter, and I didn't want to go home and admit failure. So <laughs> I got a job in a lumber mill. That's cool. And one other thing that I thought was great is you dedicated your book to your dad. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm going to butcher the statement, but it was the, one of the first leaders you knew. Mm-hmm. Tell me, do you mind telling me? No, my dad was a border patrol guy. He was in the border patrol. Mm. We moved every two years of our life from one crappy little border town to the other. He was the youngest chief of border, the border patrol in Arizona. I think about him now because mm. the kids in detention centers would break his heart. He took it seriously. He was a good old boy. Grew up really poor, did this job because he had missed out on the military, so it was closest to it. And he was just speaking of developing. He read for, he was the smartest guy with no education. 
you know, he, he would run circles around me. And he also, he listened. For 14 years, Patty acted as chief talent officer at Netflix, where she established the corporate culture that backed a company with a $160 billion market. So just how did she do this? Take a listen to this clip from the Built on Purpose podcast. It was my job to deeply understand the business of what we were doing and where we were at in the business and what we wanted to accomplish and who we wanted to be, you know, then and when we grew up and and to kind of work backwards and say, okay, if I'm going to staff this team or I'm going to create a team of people that work together to create and do amazing things, what kind of talent should I have to do that? And so I think that when you start the hiring process with the end in mind, meaning what is the, what does the team need to accomplish? What pace are they going to run at? What's the time frame for doing things? What does amazing look like? Um, what, how do you know if the team is charged up? How can you see people working together? And then you can take that and parse it into individual roles and leadership then you're much more likely to hire the right person. But you're hiring the person to achieve amazing stuff in a particular role, not to have the right qualifications and years of experience. Completely agree with the sentiment. It's about identifying the problem you need to solve and then digging into what drives people, as well as what they really love to do, to successfully determine the right fit. She is seven years removed from Netflix, but has taken her skills to mentoring elsewhere, encouraging the business world to shake things up from accepting the so-called best practices to identifying how we can be better. During her time at Netflix, she presented to the board her report on Netflix culture, freedom, and responsibility, which has since become a guide for other startups and businesses in the form of her book, Powerful. Patty's 124-page culture report has been so influential, author, activist, and Facebook CEO Sheryl Sandberg has referred to it as the most important document ever to come out of Silicon Valley. But how is dumping the traditional culture approach that key to advancing? Here's a clip from Patty McCord's TED Talk, Eight Lessons on Building a Company People Enjoy Working For. We've created so many layers and so many processes and so many guidelines to keep those employees in place that we've ended up with with systems that treat people like they're children. And they're not. Fully formed adults walk in the door every single day. They have rent payments. They have obligations. They're members of society. They want to create a difference in the world. So if we start with the assumption that everybody comes to work to do an amazing job, you'd be surprised what you get. This mindset switch from an assumption that your team is slacking to an assumption that you're working with people who want to create something amazing will alter your entire outlook on the everyday. Patty is a self-proclaimed cultural anthropologist, defining culture as more than the cliche so many of us view it as now. But she's not just a hands-on hustler. She's seen by startups and corporations as a powerhouse of fresh air, with her no BS outlook on the corporate world. In our quest for betterment, Patty urges us to toss the employee handbook, think like a coach, give purpose behind perks, and remain transparent for a company rooted in trust. She encourages us to focus on feedback, keep it direct, actionable, and ultimately treat people like adults. Listen in again to a clip from Patty's TED Talk. Here's what I found. Humans can hear anything if it's true. So let's rethink the word feedback and think about it as 
telling people the truth, the honest truth about what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong in the moment when they're doing it. That good thing you just did, ooh, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Go do that again. And people will do that again today, three more times. If you enjoyed this snippet into the Subscription Sapien, share this and make sure you're subscribed to Recur Now to receive them straight to your inbox. have it your October 7th episode of Recur Now. Tomorrow, you guessed it, we are doing it all again. If you are not on the list to receive daily episodes, simply sign up for free intel at recurnow.com. We don't bug you, we're just here to inform.